everybody. This is Dan Lobby. And this is Mary Kay Cabot. And this is our post-game Orange and Brown Talk podcast. The Browns blown out today by the Los Angeles Chargers, 38-14 to at First Energy Stadium. And of course, as always, today's podcast is brought to you by Sibling Revelry Brewing uh, in Westlake. That's where their tap room is. Go check them out. Heinen's Giant Eagle. Look for their stuff there. And I'm going to have a little bit later on a couple events that you can check out. Uh, as well at Sibling Rivalry, and we are getting closer. We're not going to spoil it just yet, but we are getting closer to maybe having a date for a live uh, Orange and Brown Talk event at Sibling Rivalry, so that should be fun. Yeah, I hope that happens, and uh, I hope everyone can come out to that and join us and enjoy a brew. Yeah, all right, and Mary Kay, today obviously a very disappointing game for the Cleveland Browns. The Chargers uh, fly out here. They are here before they go to London next week. Um, if you're honestly, if you were gonna get a team in a trap game, this could have been the week for the Browns to do it. Uh, but the Chargers came out and pretty early on dominated this game. Uh, but there were some mistakes early by the Browns. There were opportunities by the Browns, and I think when they go back and look at this game, those are things that they're going to regret. Absolutely, 100%. One of the first things that went wrong in this game that got the Chargers started off the right way was the Browns giving up a 32-yard punt return after their first uh, after their first drive. I mean, you just can't do that. They started the Chargers almost at midfield. You can't do that with Phillip Rivers. He's just too darn good for that. So they caught them off guard right away with that. And, you know, he had three straight plays on that first drive of Melvin Gordon running off left tackle for 16, Keenan Allen, uh, who, was, who was burning the Browns on these jet sweeps, 16 yards, and then a short pass to Keenan Allen for 17 to set up Melvin Gordon's four-yard touchdown. It was like they were off to the races right, to the very, right from the very beginning. And then you come out on the next drive, and there's a Desmond Harrison face mask penalty for 15 mm-hmm. yards i mean you and that was that was a great run by carlos hyde it was yeah. exactly what you needed yeah i mean you you come out there and you don't have those kind of uh mistakes early on and you're right in this ball game and then it went from one thing to another and another turned out to be dropped passes in the end zone by rookie receivers they were already in dire straits at receiver rod streeter goes down in the first quarter on punt coverage after the after on that long punt return uh, by the Chargers uh, after the Browns' first drive, uh, so it was just a bunch of unfortunate events right early on in the very beginning of the game, and it almost seemed like the momentum was lost right from the from the beginning, and they just couldn't get it back. Yeah, and I, I never thought I'd say this, but losing a guy like Rod Streeter on that first punt, uh, it was a, on a play with 12:54 left in the first quarter. Uh, right after the Browns' opening drive, that killed him because Streeter had been getting more and more playing time. I do think that they were going to rely on him heavily today to do some things for this offense. He's been taken, you know, we all saw the end around um, that went so poorly last week against Pittsburgh. Against Pittsburgh, what am I thinking? (laughs) Um, Saw saw it go so poorly last week against Baltimore. But, um, you know, those are the sorts of things they're trying to do with Rod Streeter. And unfortunately, not having him out there, it just takes guys who are already being forced into different roles, a guy like Damian Ratley, uh, Antonio Callaway even, and puts them in even more unfamiliar roles that they haven't necessarily been practicing in a lot. Yeah, I mean, and so then you go like to, to one of the next drives and you see that Damian Ratley is uh, called for offensive holding a penalty on, on a, another 
Pepper's punt return that cost them some really, really good field position once again. They, they would have started that drive in, um, in Chargers territory in the first quarter. So right, right from the very start, a bunch of things just went really wrong for them. And then Baker Mayfield was t- holding the ball too long, taking sacks. Guys couldn't get open. And the huge problem, I think, the number one takeaway uh, from this game, aside from the fact that the defense uh, just played a horrible game and that Phillip managed the game really well and they ran all over them, was the fact that the Browns have no receiving core to speak of right now. And, you know, I look to, you know, to the future – and you can, if you can take Jarvis Landry out of the game, and he only caught two of nine targets for 11 yards, if you can take him out of the game by covering up Antonio Ca- and, and, and try to you know, double-team Jarvis and, and try to let Antonio Callaway and Damian Rantley win the game for you, you know, nine times out of ten, that's not going to work for you. Those guys are not – at least they weren't ready today. They were not ready for the big time. At one time – at one point – I tweeted out, you know, these guys got to put their big boy pants on today. <laughs> they dropped touchdown passes in the yeah. end zone, Dan. Yeah, that's stuff you can't do, right? I mean, there's little things you deal with, with as a rookie. But you've got to make the catches when they're there. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, Baker Mayfield took a bunch of sacks. But I tweeted this early in the game. I mean, I was watching. There weren't guys running free. It's no. not like he was leaving receivers open. Um, there weren't a bunch of guys just running free. Guys were not getting open. And one of the things that sort of stood out to me, too, I felt like a lot of these guys, when Baker went on the move, yeah, they didn't really do a whole lot. You right. know, we saw it last week with a guy like Derek Willies. We've seen it with other guys as well. And I think Antonio Callaway can be good in this setting. When Baker goes into that scramble drill, that's when you got to go get open. And I didn't. I saw a lot of guys just kind of standing there, like you, you know, you've got to help your quarterback out. Now that's not to take the blame off of Baker, but because um, because he did some things poorly today too, but he didn't get any help. He didn't get any help at all, but there were times where he just looked off as yeah. well, right? I mean, the one where uh, Jarvis Landry in the dog pound end was open at the 12, okay? And Baker way overthrew him there. Uh, it just He just looked lost. Like, where was he going with that football? I didn't even understand what that was all about. I mean, he and Jarvis were not on the same page today. I don't know what was wrong with Jarvis. Jarvis left the locker room early, so we never got a chance to talk to him. And, of course, that's not okay. He knows that's not okay. The PR department of the Cleveland Browns knows that's not okay because you have to stick around and answer questions and face the music when things don't go well, especially when you have two of nine for 11. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a frustrating day for all involved. And, and like you said, I mean, there were a few guys that – Kind of got out of there before we had a chance to talk to him, um, which, which is a little disappointing because this is really the first time this has happened to this team. They, every other game, you know, look, against Oakland, yeah, you should beat that team. But you didn't. It was still a close game. It was exciting. I, I think fans came away from that feeling like, okay, there's something here. This is the first time this team has just really looked like they have the last two years. Um, and and that was that's probably the most disappointing part of this. Not that they lost to a good football team, but that they lost by this much to a good football team. And the game wasn't even as close as 38-14. You know what? And it kind of snowballed on them. It got away from them. And there was one time where I thought there was a big turning point in the game. And it was when the referees missed the false start. Yeah. And they they ended up scoring a touchdown on that play. And, you know, those kinds of things can turn a game. It almost seemed like, I mean, everybody in the stadium could see that that was a false start, right? <laughs> they absolutely 100% missed that. Uh, and, you know, sometimes that just takes the wind out of your sails. You know, I know Baker Mayfield was trying really hard to get things going, trying to give guys pep talks on the sidelines. 
But, you know, he can't do that by himself. And again, like you said, he wasn't getting enough help. He came up limping early on. Now, nobody's using it as an excuse, but he was limping throughout that game. Uh, he did not look like himself. He didn't look like he had the mobility that he usually has. Uh, it was his left foot. Uh, and, you know, and if you're trying to plant and you're trying to be mobile and trying to do all the things that you do well, that's going to be very, very difficult in that situation. But they refuse to use that as an excuse, which is good. But then you've got guys like Miles Garrett. I thought he was going to step up in this game. I mean, he talked this week about, you know, I'm not happy with my five sacks. Well, you know what? You're at home. This is a game where you need to take over the game and dominate. You're playing against Phillip Rivers. He's off to an amazing start. Be worth your number one overall pick that you are and get in there and dominate the game and make everybody in the stadium know that you're here. And he's another one that left the game early without talking. And, again, that's just not okay. And, and Miles, too, you know, there were times when there was pressure that came from 95. You know, there was a hold uh, near the end zone uh, that was close to a safety. There were times when that pressure came. But if you're the number one pick in the draft, you've got to get home. Yeah. And we didn't see that a lot from him. I I, I got to look it up. I think he did hit Phillip Rivers at least one time. Um, but I don't know. But, but I didn't see him, you know, in the backfield as much as you want to see him in the backfield. This was just a game... Where kind of everything, you, you use the word snowball, and, and I feel like everything just went wrong for this team on the same day, and, and they didn't have the personnel to overcome it. Yeah, I mean, they got one sack today, and even Larry Ogunjobi said they two, used... Two, two quarterback hits for Miles Garrett. Yeah, and they, they, you know, even Larry Ogunjobi said they used some of our strengths against us, and, and I'm not 100% sure exactly, um, you know, what he was referring to with that particular quote, uh, but they, they really did take away uh, some of the things that the Browns do do very well, and uh, boy, they were horrible in run defense today. I mean, in fact, the Chargers rushed for more yards than Phillip passed for, 246 yards rushing to 207 yards passing, 132 yards and three touchdowns for Melvin Gordon. So the run defense was bad, and it didn't help that they lost Joe Schobert at the end of the game yeah. to a hamstring injury that looked bad. They lost James Burgess to a hamstring at the end, end of the game, and then there were just other missed tackles. Miles Garrett missed a tackle on a touchdown down there in the dog pound. Ed. Well, and, and here's kind of the sneaky little thing that we haven't talked a whole lot about, and I think it reared its ugly head today because I think one of the things Ogan Joby mentioned is the Chargers have two really good versatile running backs. Versatile running backs have hurt the Browns this year, or guys that have played like them. Like James Conner absolutely killed him in week one um, and, and hasn't really matched that type, that performance yet, I don't believe. I, I haven't looked through his numbers today. Alvin Kamara had a huge first half against them. Uh, Marshawn Lynch... You know, just mm-hmm. bowled over them. Yes. So this team, it's kind of been mirrored because they play close, they've won games, they've right. forced turnovers, which is fine because every defense has flaws. Right. Every defense can be attacked. But today, L.A. came in and they exploited that. The Browns love to blitz. Phillip Rivers loves to throw against the blitz. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was one of those matchups where L.A. does a lot of things that can hurt, that can kill the Browns, and they just took advantage of it. Everything you know, they they had a very very well coached game. They had a really good game plan, and they have a really good football team, especially offensively. And they just took it to this Browns defense today. And 
it was unfortunate to see that because everybody's been raving, raving about this Browns defense. Maybe they started to read their own press clippings a little bit. Yeah. But they also have been living off the takeaway. They've been living off the takeaway. And like you said, there have been, there have been games where they have given up a ton of yards, a ton of yards. And, uh, you know, and they, they just got exposed for some of that today. And it was, you know, this game just, it started off poorly. It snowballed, and it's just really unfortunate because this could have been a statement game for them to be at home and to win and to be undefeated at home and, like Baker said, to make this a place that people fear to come. And, I, you know, as good as the Chargers are, I think they, they, they could have won this game if not for all of those mistakes. And so now, that, I mean, this is kind of, and I'm, I'm going to write about this for tomorrow morning, um, that this is a character test for this team. You know, and I, was, I asked a few guys. You know, is this a chance now to kind of show, is, is this the same old Browns or is this a different team? Because now you're going to go on the road to Tampa, who is a beatable team. Um, you know, have to do a little more work on them before I would make any kind of prediction, but that's a beatable team. And then your schedule gets real tough. So this is a pretty big kind of character test um, and for the coaching staff, for the players, for everybody, when you get knocked down like this, when somebody comes into your building mm-hmm. and just smokes you like the Chargers did, again, 38-14, it wasn't even that close. No. It, we're going to see what you're made of now. We're going to see if, if you can handle this kind of loss. Now, in the final analysis, the Chargers might prove to be one of the best teams in the NFL this might, season. They, they had come in here this season, and they had only lost to two 5-0 and football teams, the Chiefs and the Rams. And Phillip Rivers is playing out of his mind this season, and he just has a really good supporting cast. They're very balanced with a running game and Keenan Allen and the passing game. And Phillip is, again, just lights out. He came in with 13 touchdown passes, only two interceptions. You know, you picked him to win. That was a smart thing to do on your part. I, <laughs> I only, picked him, I mean, you, I only I mean, picked him to win by three, though. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I picked the Browns to win. Um and that was, I guess, foolish on my part. But I was thinking, crazy me, that the defense was going to come up big in this game. I thought Denzel Ward was going to come up big. I thought maybe he'd get an interception. I thought that um, I thought Miles Garrett would come up big. Larry Ogunjobi, maybe Jamie Collins, Joe Schobert. I thought the defense was going to really have their statement game today. That's really what I thought, and they. They just were no match for the Chargers today whatsoever. Okay, uh, let me real quickly before we go get a couple events out here that Sibling Revelry is having. Uh, so my daughter told me uh, yesterday that, you know, because we, we finally got pumpkins. I mean, you know how it is. You, when yes. you get a chance to get pumpkins. So we thought they'd want to carve them yesterday. Well, her birthday is coming up. She says, no, I want to carve them on my birthday. Okay, fine, we'll do that. So there is a pumpkin carving. This is not on my daughter's birthday, but that's my awkward segue into this. Uh, a pumpkin carving in the Sibling Revelry Brewing Tap Room, October 25th. You can bring your family and friends for a pumpkin carving event. Uh, it's BYOP. Uh, bring your own pumpkin, and they will provide the tools, get in the spirit of all things spooky, and enjoy a Sibling Revelry brew while you whittle away at your favorite orange gourds. And there's some uh, samplings, a Heinen's Shaker Heights sampling on October 26th. Heinen's Chagrin Falls also October 26th. Uh, they've got some yoga classes, things like that happening there. So head over to their website, Sibling Revelry Brewing, uh, and check out some of their events coming up. And we appreciate them uh, sponsoring us here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Um, okay, before we go, uh, and any, any final thought on this game? Any kind of... What do you take away from this game? How do the Browns move on 
from this. You know what? I'll tell you what. I do have a takeaway from this game, and my takeaway is a, a grave concern over uh, Baker Mayfield's supporting cast at receiver. I, you know, they're going to have to grow up really fast. The minute the Browns traded Josh Gordon to the New England Patriots, which I never thought was a good idea in the first place, and I tried to talk him out of it, as you know, Dan. Um, you know, at that moment, Antonio Callaway needed to grow up really, really fast, and he hasn't done that yet. He dropped a lot of passes in this game, and he wasn't ready to step in for Josh Gordon and be that next X receiver. And you know what? There's not a lot of those guys sitting around at home waiting for you to call them and give them a job. I don't know what the future at receiver is going to be. Rod Streeter now could be out for a little while. The guy that they signed, Brashad Perriman, you know what? The Washington Redskins cut him four days after they signed him, so we'll see what he can do. Um, but as you know, I propose they trade for Odell Beckham Jr. That's kind of a pipe dream, but you know, I'm trying to make the statement that they need – a really good number one receiver on this football team, or forget it, Jarvis Landry's going to have a game like this every week. Yeah, well, and going back to the Josh Gordon thing, I think it speaks to just how ready they were to be done with him because, like, they, they had to know asking Antonio Callaway to step into that role wasn't going to be super successful. I mean, there were going to, there were going to be struggles. Um, so, so that just kind of tells you, I think, all you need to know about how done they were with Josh Gordon. Um, considering what they have now. But, you know, I predicted when I did my quarter season review, one of my predictions, uh, maybe the only one that's going to come true, is that they would trade, end up trading for a wide receiver. And I think they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to force the issue here, whether it's give up a draft pick for a guy. And I don't know who's out there. I know Amari Cooper was maybe out there, but he left today's game after he took a helmet helmet hit. Um, so, so I don't know who they could necessarily go out and trade for, if it would be worth giving up a pick for. But... If you've got a rookie quarterback and you're serious about not going, uh, having a four-win season or a five-win season, you're going to have to go out there and find some kind of help at wide receiver. You know, I mean, the hard part about that is that nobody's going to be willing to give up a really good yeah. wide receiver unless that wide receiver has just, they have come to the end of their rope with him in the way that the Browns did with Josh Gordon. A team has to just be done with a guy. Like, we're done. Or they're going nowhere this year, and their good receivers' contract is up, and they're not going to be... You know, it's got to be some weird situation like that. Those situations don't come around every day. They, they just don't. And I don't know where they're going to go with this, but um, I don't know. I think it was very risky to go into this season thinking that you could rely on Josh Gordon in the first place. Mm -hmm. That's mistake number one. And then to give up on him and just give him away when you don't have anything else, I think cool, cooler heads should have prevailed there too. And I don't know. I mean, you know what I said back then. Just you know, I, I mean, in hindsight, they should have just ended it at the beginning of training camp. Right. You know, that would have given them time to find a replacement. Right. And they didn't. The other one other thing, because uh, I know a lot of people are talking about this, and I, I don't think you or I disagree. Please get Duke Johnson the ball. <laughs> yeah, you know I wrote about that this week. Right? Um, and, and, you know, he has proven time and time again, when you put the ball in his hands, he is going to make a play for you. Today he had, he caught four of five for 73 yards. I mean, he's catching it. So we've, we've, we've been seen him do it. We've, we've seen him do it for years. He's been, he's able right. to split out wide. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. 
He wants to be a wide receiver. Right. Make him a wide receiver. Well, he, 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 he kind of has to be now. I mean, yeah. he, he has to be now. And, you know, I, I think that Hugh Jackson's going to have to get more involved with the offense. Uh, he's been saying since day one that, you know, that you've got to get Duke Johnson the ball more. And for some reason, up to this point, Todd Haley hasn't really been jumping all over that. But, uh, you know, I wonder now if, you know, th- this offense is in, uh, in a heap of trouble and, and I think that Hugh might have to get in a little bit more involved. I'd, I'd give Nick Chubb some more looks, too. Absolutely. Honestly. I mean, he had a really nice run today again. Um, so we'll have time to get into all of that as the week goes along. Browns losers 38-14. to 14. Please subscribe on iTunes, uh, or I guess it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, all that fun stuff. That's where you can find us. And uh, thank you again to Sibling Rubbery Brewing for sponsoring us. For Mary Kay Cabot, I'm Dan Lobby. Thanks for listening.